I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Out of the Drying Pan, a Pokemon the Series podcast. Each week, we discuss two episodes from the Pokemon anime and just whatever else has to pop into our heads. Just a quick reminder, we are an E for explicit podcast, so listener discretion is advised. And I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here with my co-host, Austin. Jacob, I'm so mad that we had to record this a second time. Oh, yeah, yeah, flubbed the... Just the intro. Just the entry, I flubbed the beginning. But it was really funny, so I wish we had kept it. Yeah, my bad. I just stopped recording. I was like, I want it perfect. You know, I'm a I'm a Taurus, so I want it perfect. This podcast <laughs> is well known for its perfection, perfection. Yeah. in all ways. That is right, though. That is one of them, right? Okay, never what? mind. I don't know. The astrology. I was thinking astrology. The Taurus. I'm so sick of the astrology, guys. Let's Jacob, go that's a, I feel like that is, that's a false thing. You're not a Taurus. Yeah, I'm not even a Taurus. I wasn't asking if that's one of the signs. Of, yes, it is. Okay, all right. Other co-host, Alex is here. Hi. Doing, Alex? <laughs> oh my gosh, I am, I'm good. It's always, it's always a better day when we start recording. It's always perfect on Out of the Drying it's Pan. Perfection. You can expect no weird confusions or flubs. Or no. I'm channeling my inner Michael Fassbender perfection. The good thing is we've been doing this long enough to where we eventually figure out what the other person's trying to say. or We just go along with it. So uh, we've gotten really good about that. What's funny is we, we misspeak all the time because you don't even realize you're doing it when you're actually just speaking. But you two understand what the other person's saying. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's like um, the gaps when they re- when you're like they're like read this sentence and it's missing like four words, but your mind auto fills the words in. That's fascinating. We got a good dynamic here, I think. Yeah, we do. I'm the cynical one. Alex is the optimist, and Jacob <laughs> is the comic relief. Just oh right. My God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Goldilocks. <laughs> no, Jacob's our leader. Actually, I'm the leader, but whatever. Jacob's the host, so does that make him oh, okay. the default leader? I don't know. I'm, I'm like the manager at this point is what my job has become. <laughs> that's a that's actually like the perfect The taskmaster. Yeah. You need task to do master. this. I hand out tasks for you to complete. And then I get mad when you don't do it exactly how I wanted it. On my computer, I like every time I hit control delete, it doesn't say task manager, it just says Austin. So oh, <laughs> <my> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> You know what, Austin? That's not a bad thing. Somebody has to step in and give direction. That's why there's, like, stage directors and, like, people calling the shots. Because if people just were left to their own devices, it'd be chaos. Yeah. It's a it's a gift. It is a gift. Can you guys tell on group projects at school, I was always the one who was like, I'm the boss. Do what I say. I mean, the project has to get done. Exactly. So, I mean, it's a great. And, you know what? I, I enjoy group projects, but I feel like it always should be a sense of, like, individual grades, you know? It's like, we can work together, but everybody's contributions need to be taken into account. Because if you all fail because of one person being, like, a little butt cheek, then that's not fair. <laughs> a little butt cheek. I a little like butt that cheek. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, when we did group projects in school, we'd have to rate the other member's contribution. Like, you'd have to write down between <laughs> one and five, like, how well the others contributed, so what if you had, like, personal beef with that kid and you just didn't like him on, like, a personal level and you're like, I really hate that Timmy. And then you give him, like, a one, even if he didn't deserve it. Uh, uh, 
one time I had to do a group project with someone who's now currently in jail for murder. Oh, I rate them a one. The group project wasn't the crime, was it? What? No. (laughs) Good God. She wanted to murder me a couple times, I felt like. (laughs) I feel like that's a really rare, that's rare thing. Like, how many people you went to school with that actually ended up in a bad situation? Like, Uh, is that rare? (laughs) I don't know. I'm asking. I don't know. I just, I feel like it is, but who knows? You guys did something really fun. Not this past week, but uh, we didn't talk about it. What did we do? Barbenheimer. Oh my god. Yeah, your double feature. Wait, did we not talk about Barbenheimer? No. Nah, <gasps> we were streamed. We had a great stream last oh, that's week. That's right. Oh my gosh, speaking of, yeah, that was that was really fun, you guys. And thanks to everybody who joined in and listened, because we had a good time. Yeah, Alex found a new love for Among Us three years later. So. Yeah, <laughs> late to the party. Perpetually behind the curve. Yeah. <laughs> that's all right. I'm fine with it. Yeah, but talk about it like you're walking on thin ice, because don't give any spoilers. But like, oh, right. give me like an overview. Uh, Barbie or Oppenheimer? Give me both. Oppenheimer creates the atomic bomb. Yeah, I've seen. I know that story. <laughs> I know that story. Yeah, I don't know the Barbie story though. I don't Can know. Can we works. just walk through our day, Austin, and how we experienced Barbenheimer? I don't remember. So yeah, go for it. Okay, I'm gonna try to remember. It's been what a week or so now. So Austin and I did the whole double feature thing. We wanted to see both movies on the same day, which I had never done before. I've never seen two movies in a theater in one day. Shocking. Let me ask a question, though, how y'all did this. Yes. Did you buy, like, okay, Oppenheimer showing at 12, so you bought one ticket for Oppenheimer, and then you snuck into, like, a Barbie one, like, at 4? No. Or something? Or did you buy both tickets and... We did it legit. We, we buy tickets. Good. Support, support the strikers. Right. <laughs> Good, because I, I knew people that did that growing up. Oh, growing up, not growing not ups. Now. No, not grown ups. No. Okay. I didn't no. know. I expected y'all didn't do that, but I was, you know, if you've done that before, give us five stars. Go ahead, Alex. <laughs> no, so we watched Oppenheimer first because it was a three-hour movie. So we tried to pick the earliest showing that we could. Unfortunately, I was running a little bit behind. I was having a contact emergency. I was a little bit late, so we ended up going to what, like the noon showing or something. Yeah, it was still early. Yeah, it was still pretty early. We got lunch at the theater, watched the movie. It was really good. And then we had an, an idea to go to a different theater to see the Barbie movie, but come to find out that it was sold out. Most of the showing times were sold out. We didn't buy tickets in advance. Maybe we should have. But we ended up seeing Barbie at what? What was it, like nine something? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. We can't buy tickets in advance because you're always late. So don't even bother. <laughs> oh, like, wow. I'll be honest. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Austin throwing me under the bus every which way today. I know. If we had bought tickets for Oppenheimer, we would have been late. So That's true. And I'm, I, I'm sorry that happened. But it worked out. Ultimately, we saw it. We got to hang out. We drove around, got some food. And then we went back out to Barbie and watched the Barbie movie. Everyone was wearing pink. It was amazing. We were wearing pink. We were wearing pink. It was amazing. I, I really appreciated seeing everybody's like outfits and the dedication and commitment to the pink. I was about 3% of the audience that was male. <laughs> so shout out to my fellow males going to see the Barbie movie. It seems like it'd be both, right? This isn't just, you know. I was shocked. I don't think I've ever seen such a gender-specific audience in my life. I mean, it's the Barbie movie. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Men, get over yourselves. Go see the Barbie movie. I think the message is important for men to hear as well. Yes. Is it just a comedy, right? No. It's not? Okay. I mean, is it that... is a comedy. Okay. But yeah. Okay. Sometimes comedy is some of the most insightful of all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
it's not necessarily geared for kids. I mean, this is not one of those, like, animated Barbie movies that are clearly for young children. This is, this is more for, like, adults and, like, the nostalgia of it all. Plus, there was a lot of pop culture references and jokes. And honestly, I think I was smiling the whole time. It was such an entertaining movie. Was it clearly better than Oppenheimer? Yes. I mean, the audience, they're so different. They're, They're for two different audiences they're they're two different genres of movie barbie was better in my opinion yeah barbie was better but i'm not a nolan i don't think i'm the audience for who he was trying to like reach with his cinematicness and like dark themes and everything else yeah i think i think like personally i would probably like oppenheimer i like history so i think that would be cool but i don't know if nolan's how theatric he made it or how i don't know hyperbolic maybe the word like how true was it to history or was it like really hollywood up i guess i always assume these things are never true to history i always assume historical fiction. just by the nature of it yeah okay it was a good movie i will say you know obviously his life was insane you know he was an extremely brilliant physicist and his contribution to science changed the course of human history right but like I don't know. He was. He also had some personal demons, as one would, I feel like, being involved with something like that. But I don't know. I mean, it was just a totally different flavor of movie than Barbie. Yeah, the first time I saw, like, anything about Oppenheimer, it was that interview he does when he talks about yep. when, they, when they finally cracked the code to create the atomic bomb. And I guess the initial thought process was, like, this will end war because it will make it pointless just because the Earth could implode itself. You know, we could just destroy and... You know, everything would just be gone, but he's, like, sitting there, and he looks really depressed, and he reminds himself of that, like, story about Shiva or whatever, like... Vishnu? What is it? Is it Vishnu? Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm not educated in that, but it says, like, I've become death destroyer of worlds or something, and you can tell, like, he says it, and he's like, oh, my God, you know? Yeah, the way they integrate that into the movie is a, it's a choice. It's yeah, it is a, a choice. bad choice. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They didn't hold it uh, true to fact, I guess, or, you know, true to the tale. It it was, I did not approve. The way he said it in real life was he was giving an interview, like you said, Jacob, but the way he delivers the line in the movie is not that way. And it's like, okay, you have to, it's like they included it because that's the ultimate quote attributed to him. But it's like, I don't know. I think it diminished the gravity of that moment, the way they delivered that line. And I'm like okay, that's how we're going to just put that in there. Oh, God. I actually got a picture in my head. I'm going to see this now. I got a picture in my head how it was delivered. Now, and if it's think if it's the way I think it was delivered, I'm going to just be like, yeah, I'm going to be it's like. It's the context of the situation he's in when he says the line. Okay, Jacob, just tell us what you're thinking and we'll tell you if you're right or wrong. I'm thinking it's like, instead of being depressed, it's almost like excited. Like he sees it happen and then he's no. like, I have become <laughs> death destroyer of world you know like like an evil mad scientist no you couldn't possibly guess you couldn't no, po- it's okay a lot i'm just gonna see it's it a then. lot <laughs> it is i'm a gonna lot. Have to see it then okay you'll know when it happens you'll be like oh my god okay i knew it would be in there i mean overall both were good movies in their own way uh, you know one as a historical drama type movie and the other one as a barbie movie <laughs> that's cool though i'm glad y'all enjoyed them i'll have to check them out Maybe when they, maybe I'll go to the movies, maybe I'll get them on streaming, you know. I think Oppenheimer comes out in 10 years on Netflix, what they said, so. 
Jacob, how was the dairy farm? How were the milk tank? Um, it was good. I didn't actually get to milk a cow, but they had like this artificial udder that I went what? and squeezed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what? Is that like a rubber nipple? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it felt like a, yeah, I don't know, baby's bottle, old nipple thing, but longer. You got to really do it in this like, you really got to work your way down it, you know? So you can't just like squeeze it and milk comes out. You really got to kind of like pull and squeeze kind of thing. Like you're trying to, it's like you're climbing a rope. Is this supposed to be, like, true to life? Like, this is what it would actually take in terms of, like, if you were milking a cow, this is... Yeah. Okay. And they, they like, tell you if you're doing it right or not, and I think I got it down pretty good. I filled the bucket up pretty good. You know, I wasn't a real cow, so I didn't know if it was, like... It didn't make, like, noises. It was upset. You didn't upset the artificial udder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Making sure I... Yeah, I don't know how it would... Really, but uh, I got to pet a cow. That was cool. They're Aww. big. I've never been up super close to one, but this thing was like, you know, a small SUV. And the udders are really veiny, you know, it's not like a cartoon. Oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, they're really veiny, and um, you can tell there's something in there. Do they CGI the veins off the udders when you have a cow on TV? Like, what the hell? I think they've got to, because it looks pretty, yeah. It looks like, um... Oh, they are veiny, I googled it. Oh, stop it, oh my god. (laughs) It's super veiny, and uh... It's not aesthetically pleasing. Mm-mm. No, no, no. I think they definitely don't include that because you don't want your milk coming from something that looks like that. You know what I mean? Like if you saw your milk came from that, you'd kind of be like, I don't know if I'm going to drink this. Very green milk in Star Wars. Last Jedi. That was oh, yeah. so disturbing, that scene. I don't care what anybody says. It was very weird. I don't know, you guys. I, I've kind of made the switch over to... I mean, I do drink cow's milks occasionally, but I've started to to drink oat milk instead i'm team almond milk <laughs> jacob i drink i'm lactate milk because i'm lactose intolerant ah. mm-hmm. apparently this milk from that comes from this place is pasteurized differently than other places so like even if you are lactose intolerant you don't get like the irritation from like other milk processes ultra pasteurized yeah i think they said it's like slowed down so it's not like a high temp pasteurization. It's like a more of like a sit kind of thing and slowly warm it up. But yeah. you don't agitate the molecules. I don't know. This is there's a science there. Molecules. I'll be studying that. Take them out of your mouth. There's a science there that they've got it down because I drank some of that fresh milk and I felt great. Okay, so your very own moo moo milk experience. That's cool. Yeah. So that their farm was fun. And then um, on a lighter note from like an Oppenheimer movie, I started watching some trash TV, started watching um, something called Heartbreak Island, which is where like it's one of those shows they put like a bunch of horny 20 year olds on an island and they (laughs) and they like couple off and they like, you know, try to steal each other's people and there's challenges, you know. So it's like Love Island. Less big, big brotherly, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. My understanding is like Love Island. They had, we actually watched that in Iceland, which made us watch this. Like they get text and stuff, and then they have to like act out the text. So it's, I think it's more like Big Brother. But this is like there's actual challenges that you know have you have to have skill for. You know, like climb this coconut tree and get like ten coconuts for your partner to weigh them down to get up to this uh, rock wall thing so they can climb it. It's garbage though. Is this like one part Survivor, one part Love Island? Yeah. The way it comes into effect if, for romances is, like, if you're the couple that's eliminated, one of the other couples can choose to save you. So, like, if they hate their partner, they can say, oh, I'm going to save Daniel. And then your partner that you have now gets kicked off, and the guy who was going to get eliminated comes back on. 
So you can be kicked off through no fault of your own if somebody just decides, like, I don't like you anymore. I want a different partner. Oh, yeah, that happens. That happens a lot. Oh, my gosh. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to win. Yeah. Pokemon. All right. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. <laughs> Gotta pa- catch them all. Leave that pause in there. Yeah, I will. This week we've got Fossil Fools. I'm going to say that wrong like the whole time. So I'm going to actually say the name. And uh, Carrying On. Um, These were okay. These were all right. Every time you say Carrying On, I keep thinking of like Carrion. Like there's a dead body somewhere. Oh my God. That's a better episode. <laughs> like a weekend at Bernie's it? Is that what you're suggesting? Ash and friends come across the carcasses of a hundred Pidgeys and have to figure out what happened. If they were to do weekend at Bernie's, which character would be Bernie? Oak. Would it be Professor Oak? It would be Oak. It'd have to be. Would it be Giovanni? It'd be it had to be Oak, because he's already insanely old. No, you could double it. You could have Giovanni and Oak. Jesse and James and Meowth have Giovanni, <laughs> Giovanni and yeah. Oak. Yeah, that's how you would do that. What do you think would happen if Professor Oak and Giovanni met? Like, I know they met in Pokemon Live. That'd be hot. Ooh, my God. Like, what kind of conversation would that be? So you have a child with her too, eh? (laughs) 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 Then they form a thruple. (laughs) And they live happily ever after. And they go live on Heartbreak Island. Except two of them are dead and Delia doesn't realize it. Mimey was watching. (laughs) They never eat their breakfast. Delia probably wouldn't notice. You're right. She'd probably just Honestly. be... la dee da dee da Mr. Mimey would, like, be brushing the corpses off. <laughs> <laughs> Changing their clothes. <laughs> Honestly, he'd probably just be, like, animating them with some psychic power, and she wouldn't even notice. <laughs> they're eating and just hitting the food on their face. <laughs> just, like, running into walls. <laughs> this is highly disturbing. Man, you can tell when we don't have good episodes. We just create our own plots out of the... Out of thin air, <laughs> don't we? It's, they're just always way better. Okay, so it's not the Torps and Team Rocket. It's Mimey, pantomiming Giovanni and Oak's corpses around to be in a throuple with Delia. God, oh it's a way better movie. This is kind of actually depressing, you guys, because I just pictured a scenario in which, like, all three of them die of, like, old age or something, and Mimey is still around, and he, like, can't <laughs> accept their deaths, so he turns them into, like, dolls, and he pretends that they're, like, still alive. To fill the void of emptiness because he's trapped on a desert island. And anytime somebody comes in there to tell him the truth, he just kills them and then makes them part of the family. <laughs> and part of the family? <laughs> 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 the fuck? Why is he on a deserted island? Is it Heartbreak Island? Because yes. people, t- people keep telling him that he's living a lie and he's sick of it. He, he doesn't, doesn't want to accept He doesn't want to kill people. So he just, you know. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> Oh my. So this first episode has <laughs> Professor Oaks's corpse come to town. <laughs> and then for some reason, Mimi's always with him. Mimi's got his hand up Professor Oak's back like a big puppet. Like a puppet? And he's just moving a stick? And oh. the lip sync's way off. Like, not even close. <laughs> well, that's not too atypical over this show. <laughs> oh, that's true, yeah. The flaps are actually better this episode because Mimi's pantomiming it. Yeah, yeah. Good God. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. I just want to create fake plots all day. This is more fun. Fan fiction episode three. Forget this Almanite shit. Let's go. (laughs) 
This is imposter oak for real, you guys, because that's on my notes right here. <laughs> imposter oak fanfic. That's the next thing. This is that's perfect. Oh, that is true. That is fill in, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what would you do if oak wasn't real? My cheekbones are hurting already. We laughed so much during the uh, pre-record, which you can find on our Patreon, that I'm already cheeked out. Cheeky. <laughs> Let's get on with this, though. Alex, you've got the 30-second summary challenge. I have uh, Fossil Fools, and I said it right. And then, Austin, you have Carrying On, My Wayward That's Son. That's exactly what I wanted. Perfect. I love... I liked that one that you got, Austin. I thought, I liked the Pidgey in it. I was like, That's cool. Alrighty. Alrighty. Mm. Um, who's going to time Alex? Do you want to, Austin? Well, I, I can't pull my timer in time. I can, I can do it. Give me one second. Okay. Alrighty, and five, four... Three, two, one, go. So we're in the ruins of Alf, and Professor Oak is there, and he's like, this is an aerodactyl fossil, and you can tell because the tail looks like an arrow. Wow, thanks, Oak. So we see a familiar character if you listen to Austin's fanfiction. Foster's here. Oh, my gosh. He makes an appearance. He's made an incredible discovery of Ammonite, and Ash has a total meltdown. He's like, oh, my God, we've never seen an Ammonite before, but that's not true. Team Rocket's stealing all the water. The Ammonites have to go back to their home. And then they get Time. Team Rocket out of there. Yeah. Sorry, I got caught up with Foster. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you got that. I know. That's the I standout thought for, sure. for me. Okay. I was like, oh my god, Foster's here. And he's like so excited about his science. And I was half expecting some character named Crystal to appear, but she didn't. Okay, Jacob, do you know what she's talking about? Um, No, I don't. Okay. We've seen Foster on this podcast before because I used him as a character in my fan fiction. Please oh. refer to the fan fiction episode. Two fan, two fiction. Exactly. Okay. So he, he was the one leading Molly's mom around. In the ruins of Al. Because I needed, I needed some exposition. I, I was like, I'll pick this guy. No, that was good. That was really good. It made it more real because I'm like, oh my gosh, there's this character that we've seen before. I'm playing fourth dimensional chess with you guys. And you don't even know it. Yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can see through it. Not really. This is an Almanite episode. Yeah. Almanite. Don't nobody worry about me, right? Ayo. Ayo. Like, I'm all right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Alex. <laughs> thank you. I got it. Don't worry about it. Before you're getting the reference. I'm your hype person, remember? We're hyping each That's other. That's right. Up. That's right. You get you get more of my stuff than Austin does. No, I'm just very quiet. Oh. Okay. I know Austin. I have to. I'm sorry. I have to do one little tangent real quick. I know Austin didn't want me to bring this up, but I feel obligated when we do do this live and we don't ever do a script or anything beforehand, so this is all just on the fly, we make it up, we do miss each other's jokes and stuff like that. So every time I'm listening back, sometimes like if Austin says something or you say something, Jacob, I'm like, oh my God, that's what they meant. And I feel really bad for not getting it at the time. So just want to say sorry if that ever happens. <laughs> all right, so we're in ALF, which I don't know... Um... I don't know where this is at. Right outside it's in of the game. It's in the Azalea game. Azalea Town. It's where the unknown are. Wait, so oh, we were in, we okay. were in Goldenrod just before this, right? Mm-hmm. And so now we're somehow back at the ruins of Alf. All right, guys, we got to do something we haven't done in a while. We're pulling up the map. Map quest. I'm the map. I'm the map. The last time we did this was when they were in Kanto, going nowhere for like thirty episodes in a row. Okay, I'm trying to remember the game, and I know the ruins of Alpha are right outside Azalea Town, but there's also the cut-through with the pseudo-wudo, like once you chop down the tree or get rid of it. So, I sent you a picture. Oh, they're at that junction. It's not at Azalea Town, it's at Violet City. What'd I say? Oh, I said, oh shit, Azalea Town. 
they've kind of backtracked essentially and that's why they mentioned in the episode like oh we had to go out of our way to come here so they went okay route 35 and 36 between those two is the national park right and then i guess they had to go east a little bit and they just were at the ruins of alf so they did the whole circle yeah got through goldenrod went to the national park okay so we're going to which town are we going towards now ecrutique so they're right at that top junction jacob okay between violet oh okay i got it now okay Sorry, I was mistaken. This is not a complex map, audience. I just can't read it. Sorry. Ecrotique. All right. So you see how close we are to Ecrotique City? Yes. Ecrotique City is about 16 episodes away. So we're going to be a while. So they're just kind of putzing around on Route, what is that, 37? They're going to be on Route 37 for like months. years. (laughs) For months. (laughs) (laughs) So the the Ruin of Alps. in no hurry at all. The Ruin of Alf's is our, like, or Alf, is the uh, the first stop on Route 37, right? Is that Route 36-ish? 36. 36. I think we're, we're putting too much stock in this. Plus, they're more liberal with the game, or, yeah, they're more yeah. liberal with the map in the show than they are with the game. Like We just sort of bounce back and forth. They're leaving the routes, and they're just, like, kind of, like, in the green tree areas, and they're just, like... They're out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> They're out of bounds. <laughs> They're in the Forbidden Forest. They out of really bounds. Are. They clipped out they of clipped the main area. <laughs> <laughs> they did some exploits. They got off the map. They're outside the world. Ooh, they're in Glitch City. Ooh. Ooh. Let's get on here. We're somewhere, somewhere in the Pokemon universe, put that way. Specifically called the Ruins of Alf. And we're just walking through, and um, we're, we're at a dig site, but... Like, there's no safety going on here. They just let kind of kids walk through it, which is very concerning. They don't make the kids put on helmets, professional attire. But who cares? We're in the Pokemon world. Safety codes are out the window. I know I'm sort of jumping the gun a little bit, but I just had a realization that we're in the ruins of Alf, but we don't mention the unknown at all. And this is an Ammonite episode. How weird. Okay. Is that the reason why we're late to go into the ruins of Alf? Is because they wanted to do the unknown movie first, and it was just a timing thing. But they don't want to actually do an unknown episode now, because the movie's still out? Do we see the unknown in the show proper? Yes. Before Johto's done. Not for a while, though. Not for a while. You know, I'm kind of surprised, like, they didn't even do, like, a little cameo. Like, maybe as they're walking through the ruin area, like, maybe you see it, like, in the background or something. And they don't, like, the twerps don't see it. But, oh, my God, the audience, like, oh, there's a, there's one or whatever. This is nothing to do with Unknown at all. No. Okay, you know how we're on season four? Yeah. Unknown will show up in season six. Oh, okay. Holy cow. Don't hold your breath, then. <laughs> but there's not Unknown, but there is some, like, other archaeological stuff here like we have a uh, walking through and we see some bones that to me they look human but the uh archaeologists say that they're aerodactyl which uh i mean watch the episode and judge for yourself but well they have an arrow for a tail so that's how you know it's aerodactyl. i don't know <laughs> i'm sorry i just have to interject here and say oak is a bad scientist he's a bad archaeologist just bad in general because he's like oh the only way you can identify this fossil or this specimen is by its tail. What if there is no tail fossil there? How would you then identify it, Oak? I mean, come on. It's a 100% complete aerodactyl fossil, Absurd. perfectly preserved. Absurd. Yeah. Did we mention Oak is here too? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, he comes up next. After we see the uh, the bones, Oak pops out and says they're definitely not human because of what Alex just said. 
Uh, it's Sorry, perfectly I preserved. forgot to preface that he was there. <laughs> Oak is here. Actually, it's Mimey, pantomime body. Regardless, his corpse <laughs> floating in. Oak is actually wearing the bones around his body, pretending to fly to try to really get <laughs> get the feel of what Aerodactyl was like. Oak actually invited us here, from what I believe. He said, hey, I got something to show you. This was basically it. Some bones. Like Austin mentioned earlier, Oak does have a student of his here. Not his best student. Probably like a C-tier student at best. Uh, Foster is here. And I looked it up on Bulbapedia. And the reason why Foster got his name is because Oak actually fostered him as a child. So, oh my god. Really? Actually, yep. That's how Foster became Foster. Oh, okay. And later started. That is not true. That is true. It's 100% true. He later quit the science community and started a band called Foster the People. <laughs> is that why he has such stupid hair? Yep, exactly. He was already in the conversion when we see him here. I thought he started a home for imaginary friends. No. Ah. Ayo. I hate his fucking hair. His hair is really... I bet you it's because he doesn't bathe and his hair is so, like, <laughs> greasy and gross that it's, like, gelled up. Well, they're having water flow issues. Yeah, exactly. They have to preserve the water for the use for the science and not for their personal hygiene and bathing. <laughs> so he doesn't bathe. He looks like Pigpen from Charlie Brown. You can see the dirt coming off of him. You know what? Honestly, I'm sorry. I'm derailing this. He does have weird proportions compared to everybody else. Like, why is he so, like, wide wide yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. foster's a character he's not as interesting as some of our other scientists but uh he's a protective of his stuff though like you know he brings oak aside and says hey these kids might spoil it what we're trying to find here which i don't get why it's a, that big of a secret unless they want to just be like the first people kind of thing i agree with foster in this like he invited oak who's supposed to be like a well-respected scientist in his field and Oak is just like, I'm just going to invite these kids who are unauthorized to be here. And Foster's like, excuse me, Professor, like, this might be, like, a bad situation to have kids roaming around getting, you know, into stuff and t- telling secrets before we're ready to, like, announce this. And Oak is like, Psh, don't worry about it. They're they're fine. Also, they don't remember everything that happened the day before, so That's they're not going to tell anyone. The amnesia. They already don't remember having seen fossil Pokemon alive in front of their eyes. Oh my god, awesome. I knew that was going to come up. You guys want to talk about that? Talk about that. Talk about it now or later? Or whenever. We'll wait till we get to the Pokemon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Like uh, we were talking before, they found a bunch of fossils. This is a site. The kids probably shouldn't be there. Maybe they should. Whatever. But uh, we're trying to clean the fossils, which I don't know how that process would work. Like, I don't think you would actually use water to clean fossils i think you would use some kind of like chemical for like contamination i don't know i don't know they didn't really I, I, i'm science. not a paleontologist i don't know yeah i don't know about, about that all my science stuff comes from jurassic park when it comes to this stuff so not the best source <laughs> yeah how do you carefully clean ancient artifacts to where you don't destroy them i know they use little brushes i saw that in jurassic park yeah <laughs> and i know like when you're we went on a trip where we had to like play archaeology when i was in school and we had to dig up artifacts you're not allowed to dig like the thing out like you have to take it layer by layer of the dirt because you if you pull it out it like disrupts the uh what time period it could be from but that didn't stop us though they gave us shovels and we just started digging holes and pulling stuff out oh wow i know that's what you're supposed to do though because it preserves the time period yeah the soil layers and stuff like you have to be able to date them back to 
certain eras of time. You guys have seen this before, right? Let me see. This is like a, yeah, it kind of looks like an Ankylosaurus. It's not an Ankylosaurus, but kind of looks like one. It's like a perfectly preserved dinosaur. That's awesome. Where's the feathers? Well, this one doesn't have feathers. Oh, all right. But they, it was perfectly preserved, but when they were trying to excavate it, like, it got, it, like, broke in half <gasps> or something. Oh, no. so sad. Oh. But it's still, like, look at that fucking thing. Look how well you can see the details on it. Like, that's real. Like, the ridges of the scales, the... Yeah. The texture of its skin. The eyes. That is so creepy. I mean, that's so fascinating, though. They would have to die of old age, right? Like, some of them would have to die no. of... Or, no. Or sickness. They got encased in, like, a material that, like froze them basically somehow that's awful it's an awful way to go so they're having water problems back to the episode foster tries to clean a fossil with a jet stream and the water just all of a sudden stops they're having plumbing issues here and apparently it's like crystal clear water where i think they talk about how good the water is from this place but uh jump a couple acres north and we see team rocket and they're just pumping (laughs) this is actually pretty funny they're just pumping water out of this lake and selling it as tap water it's bottled spring water, like, straight from the source. The freshest water around. I thought that was funny. I like how they were having this be, like, a criminal act. And not to to say that, like, giant mega corporations like Nestle don't go in and do this on the daily. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I hate the fact that it's, it's like, when Team Rocket does it, it's wrong. But when that, like, what was her name does it, it's okay. What was that girl? Do you remember Sunflora what I was talking about? girl? What was her name? Oh, she built that. Her Yeah, the Sunflora <laughs> yeah. girl. She like built that entire pipe system down from the mountain and she was like stealing water. She was worse because she was hoarding that shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. She wasn't even trying to share it. It's okay when she does it, but like when Team Rocket does it, it's criminal. Yeah, exactly. Are you looking up the name, Austin? Yes, I, it's bothering me. <laughs> it's bothering you. Sunrisa. Okay. Sunrisa, the sunflower girl. LVP for the episode. Yeah, yep. (laughs) Siphoning water away. All right, so they're doing, they're making some Meowth water bottles. Now we're back at the ruins, and uh, this is kind of cool. We get kind of a, um, I guess, history of the evolution of Pokemon. We learn um, they're two million years old. There's a Kabotops that's like a few thousand years old that's there. And apparently all Pokemon evolved from like water pokemon he actually says like aquatic life which i don't know if that meant like there was like pokemon that weren't pokemon before pokemon oh man the origins of pokemon and like yeah uh that's a whole topic yeah so how does this compare with the information we already know because i think they've largely abandoned the real pokemon alongside or like the real animals alongside pokemon rather they're saying pokemon are only two thousand or two million years old like how does that track with what we know and then how does that track with, like, oh, Arceus created the universe and, like, oh, he created all the Pokemon. And how long ago was that shit? I mean, do we know? No. <laughs> no, we do not. No, it's just, they make it up as they go along. You know how it is. We need, like, a whole, like, timeline. Oh, my god, Pokemon gosh. origins. You don't know if they came from, like, this fossil thing or if there was, like, you know, we get these god-tier Pokemon that come later. And somehow it's, like, said that they made them, you know? What was that that whole thing of, like, Pokemon are based on concepts that exist? Like, what was the example in the game? Was it Kling and Kling Kling? Kling and Kling Kling. Yeah, like, they didn't exist, but then, like, one day they just existed. Oh, that's, like, Magnemite and stuff. Uh. Yeah, and they had, just, they had always existed. Oh. It turns out. So it's like a revisionist history is kind of happening as we go along. I get what you're saying. Okay, I am on Bulbapedia. 
Oh, oh okay. here we go. All right. I'm not going to go through the whole take thing. Take a shot. Yeah, take a shot every single time. I'm not going to go through the whole thing because it's insane, but basically the beginning part of it is the beginning of the Pokemon universe. You know, obviously the whole Diamond and Pearl lore is like there's a single egg, it hatches into Arceus, okay, blah, 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 whatever. You see Mesprit Azelf, okay, blah, blah, blah. Kyogre's there, Groudon, they form the Earth, all right, moving forward, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to go through all this. Regigigas creating like land masses, okay. Prehistory. Millions of years before Generation 1. The earliest known prehistoric Pokemon existed at this time. I'm sorry, not just before modern day, before generation one. one. Okay. (laughs) Look, I'm just reading what it says here. Okay. Okay, blah, blah. 500 million years ago, Anorith is stated to have existed in primordial seas with its eight legs at some point developing into the wings. 300 million years ago, ancient version of Genesect was born. Kabuto and Kabutops lived in the sea. Unspecified hundreds of millions of years ago, Carbink begins its undisturbed underground sleep. A hundred million years ago, species such as Aerodactyl, Lilip, Cranidos, Shieldon, Tortuga, Arkin, Archin, Tyrantrum, Amora were supposedly widespread. Okay, blah, 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 Relicanth. Okay, so this is wrong because this is saying a hundred million years ago and Foster is saying two million years ago. I don't trust Foster for shit. Foster doesn't know what the heck he's talking about. This is actually interesting okay twenty thousand years ago a meteorite containing eternatus fell in the galar region oh. all right so ammonite <laughs> yeah ammonite. okay i could go through all this but yeah now we get into jurassic park i don't know there's like there's fake environment where there's a aerodactyl that flies by and it's you know it's robotic but then we get into the cool stuff where we actually see like an ammonite and an almostar for the first time ever never happened before surprise it has Foster didn't do anything to discover these Pokemon, we find out. He, they were just there. And then there's, like, this big argument of, like, should people be allowed to see this or should we keep it private to keep it preserved? Uh, I don't know. If you want to make money, you make it public, right? But if you want to, like, preserve science, maybe uh, don't show people. I don't get what the big deal is with wanting letting people see it, but whatever. Honestly, I was really... I, I shouldn't say this, but I was disappointed in Ash and Friends because I'm like, you guys literally have seen Kabuto, Kabutops, Ammonite, Amistar, Aerodactyl. Like, you've seen all these before when we were in Grandpa Canyon. Remember that? Like, did he not tell Oak this? Did he not say, hey, we fell into this underground ancient cavern? Or did they keep it a secret? Like, I don't... Alternatively, the twerps are so good at keeping secrets that this is all an act. And they're like, in Almanite, in Star. this is the biggest discovery of all time. We've never seen such a... Th- and, like, they are so... They're hamming they're, it up. They're, like, geniuses. We don't even know. They're playing 5D chess. Damn. They're ahead of us. <laughs> That's a better explanation, Austin. I'll go with that, that theory, then. Of course, that also assumes competence and, like, wit on the behalf of the twerps, which we know is not real, so. They have their moments sometimes. Yeah, but like I said, there's a big argument over whether or not, like, people should be allowed to see them, uh, will trainers try to come and catch them. But anyway, we're back at the reservoir. We're seeing Team Rocket now, and they've got this plan to kind of, like, suck up all these prehistoric Pokemon. And they want to sell them and give one to Giovanni. Back at the ruins here. This is such a boring episode. Ashton's knocked out to figure out what's going on with the water supply. This is when Team Rocket starts coming out their way and sucking up all these Pokemon. And as you guess, there's a big battle to save all the Ammonite and Amistar. There's a big battle that ensues. I'm not going to go over every little detail here, but it's like some Pokemon in this battle. There's Arbok, of course, for Team Rocket. 
Pikachu's on our side. Weezing is on Team Rocket's side. I don't think they send out Wobbuffet. Not this time. No, not this time. Noctowl pecks at Team Rocket and pecks their hot air balloon and it crashes. Then, of course, when it crashes, all the Omanyte and Amistar, they get freed. Yay! And so, I guess, I'm just going along here. I guess they just say, hey, you know, we're just going to have this park here. And I can't remember, do they decide to open it up to the public or are they just going to have continue the digging and searching? They leave the Om- So, the Omanyte and Amistar just came to the museum because their real home was being disturbed. But now that they've saved the day... The Amistar are like, screw this. We don't want to be in your crappy little exhibit. So we're going to go back home. So I think they open up the exhibit to the public, like just some kind of science museum type thing. I think they just have the animatronic replicas. I don't think they like say anything about them actually finding real. Or do they Omanite. say that the ones there are animatronic, even though they're real? No, the real ones left. The real ones went back into their underground cave. They didn't want to be near Foster. He doesn't bathe. <laughs> I just don't understand, like, these aren't that hard to find. These Almanite and Almanstar, they're literally right there. I think they're less rare than people are thinking. Like, yeah. this is not... <laughs> it's so weird how inconsistent they are, because I feel like as we're going to go on through the years, we're going to see... Oh, they're like, everywhere. They're, they're everywhere. You can't go anywhere without tripping over an Almanite. <laughs> they're just there. <laughs> they're in your garden. This is just Foster's, like, nobody talks to each other, apparently, so, like, their science is, like, the only science they know, and they're like, oh, my god, clearly this is, like, a -a once-in-a-lifetime, like, never-before-seen thing, like, when in reality it's like, oh, the people over in Hoenn or something are like, yeah, these things are, like, invasive species, they're everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) In the game, haven't they actually stated in more recent generations that fossil Pokemon that are everywhere in the wild are, like, escaped? Are they? restorations uh-huh. so they actually are invasive species oh and that's okay. why they're everywhere hmm. that makes sense i don't think that was the intent of this episode no these episodes always suck because they always talk about how rare and they never found like but they're everywhere they're not extinct i'll fucking tell you that yeah i don't think they ever were i think people just like found a couple dead ones one time and they were like oh look a fossil oh my god it must be millions of years old but they never were that happens nowadays too. Though. They're like, there's like a fish that they always discover and they think it's extinct, but then they like, they just like, oh, it actually just went deeper into the ocean. The coelacanth, which itself has a Pokemon. Relicanth. Yeah. Okay, quick poll and then we can move on from this. Did you guys pick Ammonite or Kabuto? Kabuto every time. Right, same. Same. It's the only one that's battle worthy, I guess. It's got those cool scythe hands. I mean, like, sorry to all the Almanite lovers out there. I just, I could never pick it. Praise Helix. Praise Helix, but not really. Yeah. Should yeah. that be the episode title? Of course. <laughs> I feel Helix. like it, it has to be. Yeah. It has to be. It's, it's so well known. Like, and, and if people Google it, they might find this episode. So, hey. hey. Hello. Hey-o. I don't even, I'm going to see what that's referencing real quick. You don't remember that, Jacob? Oh, my nope. God. That was a huge huge several years ago twitch it was a twitch plays pokemon and i'm not 100 percent certain of all the details but basically they had it set up so they were playing one of the gen 1 games either red or blue i can't remember but it was like a bunch of people on twitch were like playing all at once and somehow they all like all these people together playing separately from each other like millions millions of people, of people <laughs> managed to get through and, and beat the game and like one of the Pokemon they caught that were on the was on the team was an Omanyte, and they called it like what Lord Helix or something. <laughs> I think the joke was because everyone's pressing different buttons all at once. 
Yeah. They ended up looking in the item bag all the time, like the key item bag. And they just kept on looking at the Helix fossil over and over and over and over and over again. <laughs> so the joke was that Red was like worshipping it or something. Oh, is that where <laughs> that's that comes from? Okay. Yeah, I think I think that was the narrative. That's pretty good. I just want to say that was that was so impressive for an internet thing, right? It's like millions of people doing this simultaneously. Somehow they managed to beat the game somehow. Amazing. It's just amazing. I remember watching little bits of it. I never got the praise Helix part, but I remember there would be like updates frequently. Like I think there's even a Twitter devoted to it, like saying each action that the, <laughs> that the character took. I remember watching it. There was a, they were at a wall for like 30 minutes. Just <laughs> kept walking into a wall. That was great. Twitch plays Pokemon. Okay, this was 2014, you guys. Oh, man. Wikipedia says 1,165,140 people participated. <gasps> That's insane. So not millions, but a lot. It was met with attention by media outlets and staff members of Twitch for its interactivity, its erratic and chaotic nature, and the unique challenges faced by players due to the mechanics of its system. That's interesting. This is Ammonite's claim to fame. This is the legacy <laughs> of Ammonite. <Yeah. laughs> this is all it gets. Praise Helix, I guess. Praise Helix. Yep. All right. Speaking of praising... We get on to our most valuable player, our least valuable player in our quote for the episode. Uh, come on. Okay, Alex, you're going first, followed by me, and then... No, followed by Austin, then me. Sorry, Alex, Austin, okay. then me. Okay, I am going to... Okay, my quote, I'm going to start with that. It's got to be the part where... We didn't really talk about this, but when they were on their way to the reservoir, when they discover, like, the water has stopped totally, we have to go check it out to see what's going on. So Foster takes oak and the twerps in his like off-roading jeep and the road is so bad like apparently it's well it's obviously an unpaved dirt road but it was extremely bumpy the whole way and oak says my lumbago is killing me (laughs) not the first time he said that weirdly okay and i didn't write down an mvp or lvp but oh my god i'm just gonna make this up okay mvp to foster because he was in Austin's fan fiction, so shout out to Foster. Oh. LVP to Foster because he doesn't wash his hair. All right. Foster. Who's totally like a proto-Professor Birch, by the way, right? He is. Oh, he got, he had point. total Birch energy. Except Birch is like sexy. Daddy Birch. No, no agreements? Okay. I mean, he... Okay, I'm For sorry. For a cartoon character. <laughs> if we're talking purely as like a funny thing, and these are cartoon characters, clearly, the sexiest professor is sexy more obviously seymour sycamore sycamore but he's oh. sexy more seymour is the sexiest oh, seymour scientist. <laughs> oh no right. no 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 not seymour the scientist the scientologist the scientologist <laughs> professor sycamore who we lovingly call sexy more is that the one that's high all the time why <laughs> i like that one who's high all the time the one that brock goes to that cleans their house oh, oh ivy. ivy ivy that's what i'm thinking yeah I mean, he, I bet he probably gets high, but he's the he's the um, Kalos. Oh, is that the Yu-Gi-Oh guy? I don't know. That's Birch. Birch, Birch is okay. the Yu-Gi-Oh guy. Oh, okay. yeah. All right. Anyway, anyway, okay. move on. So, <laughs> uh, my quote. Okay, so they tell the twerps you can't tell anyone. This is like a big secret. So Ash immediately says, "Wait till all the kids at home hear about this," and no one like chastises him or says, "No, Ash, you can't tell anyone." It just goes unremarked upon. In one ear, out the other. (laughs) 
And I'm, first of all, Ash, what kids back at home? You don't have any friends back at home. Shut up. Aww. And second of all, he's not going to remember this in five minutes from now. So my MVP is Noctowl oh. for doing the first thing it's done in a while and popping the balloon and it found Team Rocket. Go Noctowl. My LVP will be um, Nestle for oh my God. stealing spring water <laughs> and telling it to people. Water is a basic human right. Okay, I'm going to give my MVP to Team Rocket for uh, sticking it to the man and getting their own water. I don't know. I'm, we're out of, we don't have that many characters left. I'm going to give my um, LVP to that poor Aerodactyl that died and its bones just being harvested. <laughs> That's pretty sad. It looks like it careened into the side of the cliff. Yeah, it looks like it died pretty bad. Yeah, it flew straight into the cliff. Maybe it's trying to escape something. Well, none of its bones were broken and it was a complete intact skeleton, so... Maybe it was caught in like a, sl- a landslide or something. Yeah, mm. a mudslide and got trapped. That's still a horrible death if it suffocated like that in the mudslide. Yeah. R.I.P. We'll never know. We just know that something happened bad. My quote comes from actually one of the archaeologists that was there. And I was like, I don't know why they threw this in there. But anyway, um, the quote is, Burning fossil fuels is like breaking up the furniture to feed the fireplace because it's easier than going out to the wood pile. What? <laughs> <laughs> Not wrong. <laughs> I don't know Dang. why they put that in there. We're all fossil fools. A. We don't even know. Yep, so that was the boring archaeology episode that they throw in every 50 episodes. Now get ready for the boring Pidgey episode they throw in every 50 episodes. Okay, I, w- I liked the Pidgey in this episode. I liked the outfit. I thought that was cool. Mm. He had a little hat on. Oh, no, yeah. no. So cute. Little satchel thing for the letters. Right. All right, Alex, you ready? No. This episode's called Carrying On, by the way, inspired by the Kansas song. And in three, two, one, go. So they're walking down the street and they see a poor little Pidgey getting attacked by a Fero. Noctowl saves the day again and, and rescues it. They find out that this Pidgey is part of a Pidgey Corps of the Pidgey Express man in town who delivers letters and things all over town. They have to save Nurse Joy's sick Pokemon when she calls and is like, oh, I need medicine. But come to find out that Team Rocket has captured up all the Pidgey because they want to run the Pidgey Express. And so they have to rescue all the Pidgeys. And then Malachi's grandpa decides he's worthy after all. Did y'all ever watch the Hey Arnold episode with, like, the pigeon man? Oh, yeah. That was a man? I thought it was a bird lady. Oh, was there a bird lady? I thought it was a bird lady. Maybe a man. Oh, you're thinking of Home Alone 2. He he met a bunch of, like, homeless people. He met a lot of homeless people, including the Rat King. Yeah. <laughs> he did meet the Rat King. I yeah, but isn't Hey Arnold, like, a social commentary? It, has, it, it examines, like, the tough inner city life that he lives Yep. Okay. I just remember like his room being really cool as a kid, and I saw it again as an adult, and I'm like, oh my god, I would die. I would die in that room. Wait, why is that? It's just, it's a greenhouse. He would cook to death in there? Yeah, it literally is like a converted greenhouse. I think it's like an attic space that's been like... No, because it has roof, it has windows as the ceiling. Oh, okay. I just remembered he had a he had a remote control and furniture would pop out of the walls. Yeah, it would leak like hell and it would be hot as hell in there. Mm. Does he have any like shades that go over it or no? No, he just lives with it. Okay. That's probably why his head's all swollen. Alright, I don't know why I brought up Hey Arnold. Moving on, Pokemon Johto League Champions. I don't think I saw this episode as a kid, because I don't remember it very well at all. 
But our twerps are walking along and they see a Pidgey being attacked by a Fero that's looking for some breakfast. <gasps> and they don't want the natural cycle of life to continue. So Ash sends out Noctowl to protect the Pidgey. It does by making the, the Fero see a Charizard because we gotta, you know, plug Charizard merchandise wherever we can. Mm-hmm. The Pidgey crashes and careens into to an outcropping on a cliff face like that Aerodactyl from last episode. Noctowl comes down and sees the Pidgey, and it's a carrier Pidgey, and it's wearing, like, a beret, and it has, like, a little cute little mailbag, like you guys were talking about, and it has some sort of disease where its eyes are <laughs> not fully formed, what? and they look nothing like regular Pidgey eyes at all. Wait, did it not? It's explained later on why that why that is. Why limited. is that? Well, we haven't, met, we haven't met to the character yet who does that to the Pidgeys. Oh, okay. I yeah. literally just Googled <laughs> Kin the Pidgey. Pidgey, and the first thing that c- came up when I started typing was Ken the Pidget. Does it evolve into a Pidgeot? A Pidget. Why does it not look normal? Oh, wait, its eyes are like really. Its eyes are completely different. Wait, what does a normal Pidgey look like? Hold on. I assume it's supposed to be like a juvenile Pidgey. Oh. Oh, you're right. This thing's not a Pidgey. A normal Pidgey eyes is like triangular in shape. This one is like super round. Yeah, these are like anime eyes. Yeah. And I think all the other Pidgeys look like normal Pidgeys. So this thing, I don't know, it kind of was uncanny valley to me. It has a issue. Some sort. It's the inbreeding. I don't know. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> They're pure blood. Pure blood. Pure bread. Pure bread. Pure blood. A pure bread Pidgey. Uh, its eye vision is so bad that it sees Noctowl as a Pidgey. Wait, I thought. No, no, Noctowl hypnotized it. Why was it being so aggressive to it? It saved it. If I was a Pidgey and I saw an owl approach me while I'm injured on the ground, I'd also be like, "Uh uh-uh. That must be why. He was thinking that Noctowl was there to finish him off. Yeah. It's in that, like, super state of, like, Predator coming at me. But this is, like, a great power this Noctowl has. Does this only work on uh, Pokemon? No, because remember the episode where we met Noctowl? He was, like, hypnotizing the hell out of... Ash and the science guy, whatever yeah, his Ash name could was. do anything with this power. He could walk into the Pokey Bank and like <laughs> make them see fire and they just run out and then he just steals all the money. This is like incredible power. This is what Noctowl should have done. He should have become like a criminal mastermind and You could do good, evil. I mean, this is like incredible. Unlimited power. <laughs> Wasting his potential with Ash. Suddenly, I'm reminded of the villain. You know, the villain of the Sly Cooper series is an owl, right? I did not know that. Shout out to those games. Those games are really good, and I really wish they would, like, remake them. Um, we figure the Pidgey is injured, so we gotta find its trainer. So we go to Pidgey Town, which is located nearby. Pidgey Town. Did it actually have a name? Um, um, Trevor's Enclave. Trevor? Who is Trevor? Who the fuck is Trevor? (laughs) I thought that was the bird man. I can't think. Did he have a name? I don't think he had a name either. He's just grandpa. I thought it was Kyle. Kyle? Where are you getting these from? Okay, the Pidgey, (laughs) the main Pidgey is Ken. Okay, there's a K in there. The other Pidgeys have names too. All of which I wrote down. The kid, I call him Eyebrows because that's his defining feature. His name is Malachi. Oh and my then gosh. Grandpa, I'm not really sure, but we can call him Eyebrow Senior. Okay, Bulbapedia claims his name is Malachi's Grandfather. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> In Japan, his name is Denjiro. Denjiro. Okay. I'm going to call him Grandpa. Okay. All right, anyway, we're in Pidgey Town, and 
eyebrows comes up and he's like <laughs> you hurt ken the pidgey and they're like no we didn't we've saved ken the pidgey and eyebrows is like oh cool great thanks so he tells them How that rude. here in pidgey town yeah fucking rude <laughs> here in pidgey town there's pidgeys flying around and shitting everywhere because <laughs> they they have to deliver things to the nearby islands duh duh <laughs> they're just getting like oh god ugh there was like a hundred Pidgeys in all directions. It was disgusting. That's the reason why Malachi didn't care that that one died. He's so desensitized to it. You know, it's like, did you get my letter, uh, Uncle? No, uh, Pidgey must have got killed. Uh, Fiero got it. Yeah. Are they they pooping everywhere? Because you know how like when you take like a horse and buggy ride, they have like the poop bags for the horses, so they're not just shitting all over the streets. Do they have the same thing for like birds? Can you put like a diaper on a Pidgey? Uh, probably not. That would that would suck though, because then it's just sitting there and it's like fecal matter smushed up against it. You'd have to clean the bird. You'd oh my to, god! You'd have to change the diaper. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm not a bird person. Does anyone know anything about carrier pigeons in real life? Um, they were in the war. The war. They were in the war. Yes. Yeah. Like I think a bird became a colonel. I think they had one that was like elite that delivered a whole bunch of important letters. That's the best bird. I don't know anything about homing pigeons, but... Um, Well, you know who does know about homing pigeons? is Eyebrows and his grandfather. The twerps go to his Carrier Express building, in which there's a chicken coop on top where all the Carrier Pidgeys hang out. And we meet Denjiro slash Eyebrows' grandfather. (laughs) They're like, oh, how how do you train all these Pidgeys to deliver stuff? He's like, oh, it's no big deal. I just get on my bike pedal mini blimp and I... (laughs) carry the pidgeys around and show them the topography of the area okay i have to say something this is the biggest load of bullshit these must be the like dumbest pidgeys i'm so sorry to say this about the pidgeys but like clearly austin's right that they have severe inbreeding or something because these fucking pidgeys how is it that ash can catch like a wild pidgey or a wild noctowl Send it out and be like, okay, find me X, Y, Z. They know immediately what to do. They know immediately where to go. They don't need to be told. But then these fucking things are like, they can't fly anywhere for shit. They have to be shown several times in advance. Like, I don't understand. You load them up on your bicycle, blimp, <laughs> and you have to show them where they go. What the fuck? He also blinds them and then draws cartoon character eyes on them to make them more appealing. <laughs> To make them more appealing to the person they're delivering to, you know? Which I don't even think worked. Can the Pidgey's eyes freak me out? It didn't look right. <laughs> no, it looked like it was a fake smile eye. That stupid blimp, though. He was pedaling that blimp, but there was nothing. It was just balloons. Is, it doesn't make any sense. What is, is he just filling up the balloons by pedaling? I don't understand. There's no propeller on him, though. Like, did you see what the seat thing was? Like, it's too... It was a banana. Just for context, it's two blimps, like, rudimentarily, like, tied together with ropes. And, like, the one leading blimp has, like, like a banana. It's like a banana thing. It's so weird. It's like a banana. There's no helium no. or, like, heat or anything. There's no energy source. There's nothing. So when he pedals, is there, like, a fan? Like, how does it work? Like, what? There was no picture, though. There was no fa- It was just balloons. <laughs> This guy, no wonder his, like, business is going extinct because he is the most inefficient shit I've ever seen. And we know they've got email. We've seen in the movie. (laughs) An email that shows an animation of a Pidgey delivering a letter. This guy's so old. How far does he have to pedal, too? Because these things go all over the region. He's up in that stupid thing just riding. 
I feel bad because, like, oh he God. later explains, he's like, okay, the era of the carrier Pidgey is dying. We can't compete with, like, modern mail and, like, delivery. And I, I almost felt bad because it's like, of course, I would prefer to support the carrier Pidgey man over, like, Amazon or something. But still, I feel like there has to be a better way. Yeah, you get your... Oh, I ordered this vacuum cleaner from Amazon. Oh, I'm going to choose the Pidgey service. You get it's covered in crap and pee all Can, over it. How many Pidgeys would it take? Do, do you see like 17 Pidgeys like carrying like one thing and they're all like <laughs> flapping? <laughs> like trying? Not a single Pidgeot or Pidget or whatever. Pidgeot. Pidgeotto. Whatever. All the, no evolutions to be found. Yeah. Why don't they have like different they have pidgeys for the small letters they have you know pidgeotos for the medium-sized things and then if they have to deliver something bigger you've got the pidgeot which can carry like a grown man on its back well there's a there's a sad truth to that though they all get eaten before they can evolve so oh they never get that far they never get that far maybe they're so inbred that they can't evolve you guys well they're sterile oh they're sterile and they can't like they can't be sterile and inbred well he uh, he has to artificially like inseminate the pigeons because they're so <laughs> that uh this is random completely random but that reminds me of uh we learned at the dairy farm that if a cow <laughs> so random sorry if a cow has twins you don't want a cow to have twins okay Why? because if they're the same sex they they're okay but if they have a male and a female a bull and a cow that cow becomes sterile like they both come out sterile what? Oh, it's so weird. Why is that? I don't know. They didn't. She didn't go into it. The tour guy. But apparently, if they have like opposing sex twins or opposite sex twins, they're both sterile, and then they become like a lame calf or cow, or whatever. They call them something if they're sterile. That's so interesting. Well, they can't produce milk, so they'd be meat. Yeah, but they're not like meat cows. Only come from other meat cows because they're bred right. specifically for that. So these just become like. I hope they don't put them down, but I think they just become like show cows. Oh, okay, that's a nice fate. Yeah, but like that was that was crazy. Same thing with these pidgeys. Maybe maybe they're having too many twins of the same sex. Twin pidgeys. <laughs> I don't know. There's one like queen pidgey that's laying all the eggs. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> it's all veiny. Okay. Ew. Ew. <laughs> and these are all like the worker ant pidgeys. That's okay. Right. God. All right. This episode's so weird. Yeah, like Alex was saying, the Pidgey Express is, will no longer exist once Denjiro retires because um, he's been so busy bike pedaling around in his blimp with the Pidgeys <laughs> that he had to miss his son's wedding and the birth of his grandchild because he was so Pidgey focused. Malachi's the grandson, right? Malachi's the grandson, aka okay. eyebrows. Okay. So Grandpa gets a call. It's Nurse Joy. He answers the phone saying, Pidgey Express Man. And Nurse Joy on Way Away Island is concerned because the fleet of Pidgeys she ordered to deliver a whole cabinet worth of medicine has not arrived. So obviously that means eyebrows and twerps have to go up in the bike blimp to find the Pidgeys. Guess what? Team Rocket stealing the Pidgeys. Why are they stealing the Pidgeys again? I don't know. It's the Pidgey episode. They're going to start their own business. Is the thing. They want to start their own. The Rocket Express. These are the most ineffectual Pidgeys known to man. They're really, honestly, they'd be doing uh, Dinjiro a favor by getting rid of all these. He just needs to wipe the slate clean. Start over with some intelligent Pidgeys and not whatever the fuck is going on. <laughs> Do a, no- a fleet of Noctowls. But they, they'd be too smart. They would like unionize and he wouldn't have that. He they, would also, they also wouldn't deliver the gift. Like they would just 
fly and then hypnotize you to thinking you got what you and then take it from and then from and then just resell it. I am really digging Mob Boss Noctowl. That's a great premise. Yeah. Mob Boss Noctowl. Uh, speaking of Noctowl, Noctowl's helping the twerps look for the Pidgeys, um, but they can't find Team Rocket's balloon because turns out they got the idea from Jean Jacket and Nope, and they are covering themselves up with a cloud. Oh my god. That was kind of ingenious, honestly. Like Meowth's cloud cover machine. It did give Nope vibes for sure. Except they all start to choke to death with the fog machine or whatever he's using. Yeah. Noctowl and Pidgey are the only ones who can realize what's going on because Brock and Ash are like, I don't see anything. Not even that weird cloud that seems to move as if it has a mind of its own. And then, like, they hear people screaming for hours and blood pours from the sky. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> and there's a chimpanzee that kills people. And, okay, I'll stop. What a movie. Oh, man. That, uh... Yeah, I don't like that. God, that, that was a great movie. That was a great movie. It's th- it sticks with you. Yeah, the kid yelling at mommy. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Uh, Team Rocket versus Twerps. And uh, Jesse sends out Arbok. And it reminded me of that children's chapter book we read. Oh, my God. Where the I exact the same thing. Same happened. thing. Oh, my gosh. Except in this one, Arbok almost fell out of the sky and died. So they had to hold on to its tail. I literally wrote, where is my thing? Okay. Oh, Jacob has it right there oh in his hand. <laughs> Race to danger. <laughs> Was that there the whole time? <laughs> yeah, it's been here for a minute. <laughs> I, I like to reread it every now and then. You know? oh. <laughs> <laughs> a little light reading before you go to bed. <laughs> puts me it's right the same sleep. children's book over and over and over again. It's a quick read, but you know it's entertaining. Honestly, yeah, in that one, she sends out Arbok, and Arbok and Weezing are, like, both flying around. And I think we actually had a whole discussion about that at the that time. Arbok can fly. Yeah. That it can fly and flap its, like, neck hood <laughs> thing and, like, flap around or whatever. Oh, my God. I wish it did that in this episode, but it does not. Unfortunately. Noctowl drugs Team Rocket, and they all think that they've won. But turns out they didn't, and the twerps release all the Pidgeys, and they kill Team Rocket. <laughs> they peck their eyes out. <laughs> yeah, that's what happened to Ken. Oh my god. <laughs> the sick Pokemon on Way Away Island don't die. Yeah. And Dinjiro slash Grandpa decides that, oh my gosh, I will not be closing the Pidgey Express after all because Eyebrows has to run it one day so he can go into financial debt and not Dinjiro. You know, I feel like there was a whole commentary that they could have made because like, I honestly expected Ash to be, like, an obstinate little kid who doesn't understand, like, the realities of the world. And, like, yeah, Ash, it takes a lot of money and time and commitment to run a business. And it's just too, absolutely too much, you know. And Ash would be like, but it's, you know, important to eyebrows. You have to let him do it. But he didn't really fight back. And I was glad for that. But it seemed like he didn't learn any lesson because he's like, oh, I'm going to let my grandson take on the exact same challenges and waste his whole life with these damn Pidgeys. It's not going to last that long, Grandpa. No. It's not, it's not going to work out. No. I think that was an empty promise. This kid is just, obviously, he's very short-sighted. I think all he's thinking of is, like, I really like, you know, Ken and, like, my Pidgey. Like, he's my buddy, so I want to do this. But he's going to outgrow it in, like, a year. Or he's going to be put out of business. Yeah. Do you guys think we should start our own bird flying business? You think that we could bring back, retroactively, bring back the bird notes? Sure, Jacob. You be the bird. Okay, I just fly around. <laughs> you gotta give me a bag, though, so don't poop all over people. We're gonna, like, glue feathers to you. We need to make our own, like, blimp mobile so we can fly Jacob around so he knows where to go first. Yeah, and get one of those, and I guarantee you, you'll make a lot of money. Ah, uh, 
How do they control the altitude? Okay. <laughs> couldn't, theoretically, couldn't you just accomplish the same thing with, like, a drone or something? Like, wasn't that supposed to happen? Like, wasn't... That is Were they supposed to start, like, rolling out, like, drone delivery? I don't know. Yeah, they got that. And so you have to live near certain Amazons, though. I just foresee disaster. Like, that thing's going to cut someone's head off. That's how they killed those wasps. Remember those hornet wasps that invaded? They were killing all the bees? Is that how they killed them? Yeah, they just flew drones because they know they kill people if they get stung. So they just flew these drones with these giant blades on them. And they <laughs> went in there and they just, like, <laughs> cut them up like a, like a lawnmower. Wow. That's what Ken's going to invent next. <laughs> just strap. Okay, why don't they just use Skarmory then? Because it can just slice people's heads off as it flies through the sky. In real life? No, in the, oh, I thought you were talking about the Pokemon. <laughs> you don't have to worry about the Pidgeys getting stuck in nets when you have Skarmories that can just slice their way out of any problem they have. I feel like the Skarmories would eat the Pidgeys. Can we end now? Yes. Yeah, okay. Be done. Okay. MVP, LVP. Woo! <laughs> End quote. All right, Alex, you're first, followed by me, and then Austin. Um, did I even write a quote? Oh, my God. I don't think I did. Yeah, this was not a very quote-heavy episode. I had to get creative. I don't have a quote. Does anybody have an extra? There's one where Team Rocket is arguing with each other, and they say, like your balloon, you're full of hot air. Okay, that, that'll be my quote. Thank you, Jacob. Okay. Did they really say that? I no, it. I just made that up, but that works. Something, Meow says something at the end. I remember he's like, all of our dreams are going up in smoke or something. I don't know. Sure. Either one of those. Okay. I am going to give my MVP to Arbok for coming out, even though he knew he was in a blimp. And so he was willing to risk his life and fall to his death for Jesse. So good guy, Arbok. LVP, I'm going to give it to Eyebrows for automatically assuming that they were beating up his Pidgey when they did no such thing. There's an entire ecosystem of birds of prey feeding on these carrier Pidgeys just outside of town. Like, right? they barely make it out of the, yeah, out of the town limits. No wonder they have to have hundreds of them. Especially if they fly the same route. Like, you know, if one gets eaten, it's like, oh, we got to send it, resend it, and it takes the same route, it's just going to get eaten. The Furos watch the path that the balloon bike takes, and, like, it knows where the Pidgeys will be going, so it stays along those pathways. Honestly, that seems like typical predator behavior. Like, that would be very easy for the Furos to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Is that you done, Alex? My turn? Uh, yeah, I'm done. Okay. I'll give my MVP to Ken for defying physics with that balloon pedal thing. Is that Ken, right? Who's Wait, Ken? Ken the Pidgey? Ken's no, the Ken's the Pidgey. Pidgey. Oh, the grandpa. Ken's grandpa. Ken's grandpa. Grandpa. Yeah, the handler. Denjiro. The breeder. Just Gramps. <laughs> Denjiro. Yeah, give it to Gramps for defying physics with that banana balloon thing. <laughs> I'll give my LVP to the eyebrows. Who'd you give it to, Alex? I gave mine to eyebrows. Damn it. All right, I'm going to give mine to, um, oh, crap, I don't know. Ken, I'll give it to Ken for, uh, for his weird eyes. eyes. Yeah, for his weird eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm going to do, <laughs> for his weird eyes. And then uh, my quote actually doesn't come from the episode, but it comes from the five out of five on Goodreads book, Race to Danger. <laughs> In page 63, we get some Pokemon lore here, and it really states that Arbuck and Weezing flew over to the enemy's balloon. So, yeah. So there, there you go. go. Amazing. Group positive right there. Shout out to Tracy West. Yeah. Check out that episode. Go back to our race to danger episode. And uh, and also what's the other one called? When I'm feeling uh, down, I just read talent showdown. I like how Jacob has those. He just pulls them right out. Actually, mine are right here. So I can't say anything. <laughs> They're like living right next to my bed. Mine are like several states away. 
Are you? But you gave yours away, so. Okay, my turn, I guess. Uh, my MVP will be Noctowl. Double Noctowl MVP this week. Because he was generally competent, and I feel like he has a lot of untapped potential, but I like him. Wasted on Ash. Yeah, my LVP will be Nurse Joy for having the services of the Pidgey Express Man instead of, like, getting a regular shipment. I don't know. I'm stretching here. PETA wouldn't approve. She should be better prepared. If she's got that many sick Pokemon and she's completely, like, at the mercy of the Pidgey Express, like, that's just not good. That's not good stewardship of her hospital. Thank you, Alex. That sounds much more articulate than what I said. Sorry, I was trying to help. <laughs> no, it really did help. I appreciate it. If I sound sarcastic or mean, I don't mean to. I just don't know how to control my vocal tones. Anyway, my quote. My quote will come from you two. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> During the Who's That Pokemon section, for some reason the Pokemon is Mewtwo. Last time we had Mewtwo, he said Mewtwo. Oh, yeah. But this time he said, prepare to battle. What the hell was that? Like, auto-tuned, <laughs> scary robot voice, by the way. I don't know, but uh, Mewtwo for making a surprise appearance, I guess. Huh. What was the the other one was Pichu, right? In yeah, the, it was yeah. Pichu. Ruins of Alf 1, yeah, okay. They've randomized it at this point. Now it's just completely whatever the fuck they feel like in the moment. yeah. I like the uh, the hint that the previous ones gave. I kind of like that, but I get it. The random. No, it's just like, we don't care anymore. What clip art do we have up next? <laughs> it's like they just randomize it. Ugh. Prepare to battle. Prepare. All right, I'm done. Sounds like a, like when you select a character in a fighting game. Jacob, that's such a good point. Like, I literally was wondering if that was a clip from, like, some kind of Pokemon, like, battle game or something. Smash Brothers? Yeah, like, I don't know back in in those days, like, if they had that, but it kind of reminded me of, like, yeah, it would be like a Digimon Rumble Arena thing when you select your character Mortal Kombat or something. Mortal Kombat Pokemon? Oh my god. That would be awesome. Could you imagine? Oh my god. If we had Pokemon Tekken, but that would be way better. Finish him. With the x-ray vision, like, in Mortal Kombat 10 or whatever they had, where you can see, like, the Pokemon, like do their finishing fatality moves this is off topic but did you see the new mortal kombat has like omni man and homelander no yeah like the new mortal kombat it has all these like fake superheroes in it like the trailer is like homelander lands and then omni man like soars in behind him and i think jk simmons (laughs) is omni man it's crazy I have got to watch those shows. The boys is worth it. I haven't seen the most recent season, but it's a good show. Invincible's way better. I need I need to watch that too, Jacob. It's really good. It's mainly like the new tr- well, the new season's coming out and like they introduce all these different voice characters and you're like, oh, "Okay." And you're like, "Where wait, a minute, where's uh where's JK Simmons?" And there's like a long pause and it goes, "And JK Simmons." <laughs> and then his line is like, "Life would be easier if you were never born." Oh my god. And then he says, get me pictures of Spider-Man. What was that from? No. J. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> All right. Never mind. I'm done. All right. I'm done. I'm done. All right. What's next week? What's on the menu next week? Hassle in the castle and two hits and a miss. Okay. okay. Got that to look forward to. Um, any final thoughts for closes out here? We will have to decide when we want to stream again. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for all joining in again. Yeah, we'll try to... We'll, probably do the same game because we all own it it's just easier that way but uh austin anything from you nope i'm done okay austin's done and so are we so we just like to say thank you all for listening and just leave us a five-star rating if you have any questions or comments for the show send them to out of the drawing pan at gmo.com again that is out of the drawing pan at gmo.com 
Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Out of Drawing Pan. Again, our handle is Out of Drawing Pan. And also check out our Patreon. You can find the link for that in the description. There's cool stuff to subscribe to there. We also have an Instagram. Pitching all the things here with Instagram. It's called Out of the Drawing Pan. Alex is posting some stuff there, so go check it out. And join us next time as this journey continues.